Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after eight o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, I am pleased to tell you that Garson is in from Graphs. Good morning, Garson. Good morning. Dale Roberts is in, MoGunLaw.com. Good morning, sir. Morning, and Mr. Excitement himself. You can hear it in his voice. Uh, there it is, Chuck Basie, former state representative and Second Amendment supporter. Good morning. Good morning, sir. <laughs> he barely control himself. Uh, we've got, uh, among other things, uh, the uh, mayor of the city of Cleveland uh, making a ridiculous uh, gun claim. We'll explain what happened in just a few minutes, but before we go there... The NRA has posted what they say, and this is their certified instructor, are the five best guns for concealed carry. Will our gun gurus uh, agree? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. Gentlemen, uh, number one on their list, Glock 26 9mm. What do you think? Glock's a Glock's a Glock. I mean, they're, uh, they're reliable guns. Yeah, but the 26 is a pretty small grip frame. I, I would I would at least carry a 19. I mean, for the average, I, I some people probably have no problem fitting the 26 in their hand, but I mean, if you're going to carry the the difference between the 26 and the 19 is negligible, so you might as well carry one that you can get a better purchase on the grip, and it gives you uh, you know added capacity. Well, it, it made they said quite a splash in 1995 when it debuted. Uh, in addition to having uh, the top-notch reliability, durability, and simplicity of ergonomics that made the Glock brand so popular uh, in the first place, the uh, 26 is so surprisingly easy to fire accurately and comfortably, despite its compact size. Uh, by the way, it holds uh, 10 in the magazine, one in the chamber, a total of 11, um, and it's uh, a distinct advantage over the five- or six-shot revolver. Uh, and uh, the little auto pistol will accommodate the larger magazine of its older, bigger brothers, so to speak, uh, the Glock 17 and the Glock 19. Garson, if you uh, uh, get that bigger mag in there, does that help get the better purchase that you're looking for? Yeah, and that's, so there's a company called Packmire that makes a sleeve that goes on the 19 or the 17 mags to flush out the grip and make it feel like a, a 19 or a 17. So a lot of people, and back when I was at Target Masters, we sold a lot of these because people would be like, oh, I want the smallest one. When, you know, concealed carry was brand new to Missouri, we'd sell a bunch of the 26s and 27s, and they're like, well, it's not comfortable to shoot, and I, you know, I'm not very accurate because I, you know, I can't get my last two fingers on the gun. So um, we'd sell them these extended magazines with the sleeves and, and fix their problem without having to get them a new gun. Well, there is a uh, second on their list is, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right because I am not familiar with this firearm. Maybe Garson is the Makarov 9x18mm. Uh, nine yeah, it's an old World War II gun. It's the Soviet Union uh, that uh, created it. And uh, they say that uh, their arms industry produced some pretty effective weapons from the AK-47 to the Mosin Nagant to the current subject at hand. Uh, some critics claim that the Makarov is just a ripoff of the Walther PPK. Uh, they do use a different round, though. The Mac uses the 9, uh, 9x18. Uh, it was purposely chosen by the pistol's inventor uh, so as not to be compatible with the NATO round, uh, the 9x19. Um, I don't know. I've not uh, shot this firearm. Have you shot it, Carson? Yeah, I've shot them before. They're okay. 
You you wouldn't put him on the uh, top five list. I wouldn't put him on the top five. Like maybe in like a top fifty list. Top fifty. All right. Uh, next on their list is uh, the Walter PPK thirty two and thirty eight. Um, the James Bond firearm. What do you think? You know that's a nice gun, and it I, I like the feel of it in my hand, but. I just want a larger round. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, uh, if it was 1982, that would be a great <laughs> choice. Um, but t today it's outclassed by a lot of other guns. It's it's just a heavy gun for what it is. I mean, it, it's a fixed barrel. They're lovely accurate. They're beautiful guns to shoot. But if, if I'm needing something to repel borders, um, there's... There's a lot of other stuff in that same weight class that would do a better job and give you more more firepower. Yeah, they say the double-action trigger pull can be uh, pretty heavy and grating, uh, but the single-action trigger is uh, decent enough. Earlier models had a reputation for uh, biting the hand that held them uh, and being finicky with jacketed hollow-point ammo. But uh, later additions, like the joint venture between Walther and Smith & Wesson, those uh, those latter two problems have been decisively cured. Uh, they go on to uh, to, uh, to mention another Glock, uh, and uh, Garson. I think this is uh, kind of relates to your position. Uh, the Glock 36 uh, in 45 caliber, uh, big bore aficionados out there who want highly concealable uh, pistols, but are leery of any caliber that doesn't begin with <laughs> with a four. Uh, don't worry, you're in luck. The fine folks at Glock took their successful baby Glock concept and the aforementioned G26 and married it with the beloved 45. If if the other one was hard to handle, Garson, this one ought to be a dandy. Yeah, it, it's it's got the same problems as the 26, in my opinion. And the, so the 36, if I remember, is that a single stack? It's the subcompact double stack 45. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, wrong one. Uh, Five-shot J-frame Smith & Wesson uh, snub-nose revolver. Um, it, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I just think this thing is too small for that caliber. Um, but anyway, that's on their list. Uh, best concealed carry, uh, another one on their list, the Ruger SP-101 in 357. They're all over the place. <laughs> you like them? It's a great gun, but also heavy for what it is. Um, especially when you can get aluminum and scandium frame guns out there in the same size and save yourself some trips to the chiropractor. And that, well, so the 101, there's enough weight there, for, you know, for me that it absorbs a lot of the, the recoil, the kinetic energy. But that also means it's a heavy gun to carry around. Yeah, uh, they, they point out the heavy steel construction rubber grip. Uh, give the SP-101 uh, far more user-friendly uh, in terms of uh, felt recoil than the Smith uh, snub nose uh, with uh, miserable stubby wood uh, grips uh, that beat the hell out of your hand. Um, I'm not a big fan of revolvers, and, and they are making a huge comeback. Uh, you, you chat with Scott Van Kirk, and he is on board with these revolvers. Uh, I just like having the extra rounds. Uh, that you you get with a, a semi-automatic, because you could run out of five or six. If you're being attacked by several, uh, five or six rounds ain't gonna cut it. No, but 
the benefit of the revolver is if you're in close contact with your assailant, the revolver has less chance of being jammed up by um, a contact shot. Yeah, uh, it, and and most uh, most encounters are not uh, from great distances. Most encounters are pretty pretty yeah. close. And, and if you're not paying attention and get somebody gets the jump on you, you know, your likelihood of having to take a contact shot is high. So I I do like and appreciate um, those benefits of carrying a wheel gun. What do you th- What would you say is? And we'll go around the table on this. Your best suggestion for a concealed carry. I'll start with uh, Garson. Um, a Glock 19 or a Glock 19 clone, because I'm carrying a Glock 19 clone right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go to Mr. Excitement, Chuck Basie, uh, and we'll try to entice him into buying a firearm before his wife knows he's done it. We'll do that later <laughs> in the program. He's going to say, like, his K-bar or something. Well, let's give him a chance. <laughs> I, I kind of like a firearm that I acquired several years ago. It's a Kimber Micro 9. That's what I like to carry. Uh, and then uh, Dale? Well, you know, I love a 1911 trigger, but really the best carry, all-around carry gun I've found so far is my SIG P365. Uh, it's got a good trigger. It's 10 rounds, 9 millimeter, lightweight. That's I, so, so that's the one you like. I, I love 1911s. I love the trigger pull. Uh, they're a bit heavy um, and harder to conceal for smaller people. But my current favorite is that uh, 5.7 Smith & Wesson. I love the accuracy. I love the trigger pull. Uh, it's just a terrific firearm as far as I'm concerned. And, of course, the round. I love the round. Um, we've got, and, and by the way, that might be a bit tricky to carry, too, because it's, it's a pretty good size handgun. Uh, it's not a tiny little thing that you can slip into your suit, uh, uh, under your suit jacket. The mayor of the city of Cleveland has really stepped in it. We'll explain what he had to say next on Gary on Guns. It is the Gary on Guns, and uh, I'm pleased to tell you that uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative and gun uh, supporter, firearm supporter, Second Amendment supporter, and Mr. Excitement is with us. Uh, we, we also have... Uh, Garson in, uh, and he is from Grafs. What a great place. Everything you could possibly want in a firearm, uh, or in, and even remotely connected, is there. From reloading to targets to handguns, rifles, the whole thing. Uh, and then uh, we also have with us uh, Dale Roberts, who is uh, an attorney and a gun rights advocate. And his uh, website is mogunlaw.com. Uh, Brian wants to know, what year is this gun list from? Have these people been living in a cave for the last <laughs> decade? Good question. Yeah, we'll have to ask the NRA. Yeah, that, that list does sound like it stopped like somewhere in the mid to late 90s. Yeah, that's, that's what their expert thinks is uh, the greatest uh, concealed carry. But then we went through our list, and I think our list is pretty damn good, too. By the way, before I get into the, the mayor of the city of Cleveland... Apparently, uh, the Senate wants to give alcohol, tobacco, and firearms a raise. Uh, they want to increase funding for red flag gun confiscation grant programs, uh, according to the Gun Owners of America. Um, so they want to reward their behavior with with a raise. I'd all be, you know, I'm, I'm frankly in favor of cutting their funding uh, completely. I, I wouldn't care if they didn't get a dime. Um, 
is there is there really constitutionally and legally an advantage to having uh, the federal government, the ATF, regulate firearms? I mean, do they do anything that helps keep us safe? Chuck? I say no. Um, I mean, sure, they do some good things, but well, overall... What are, tell me what some of the good things. Well, um, you, you kind of caught me off guard, Gary. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's good people working for them, put it that way. You know, there's, you know, I, I worked for the federal government for 31 years, and, and, you know, there's a lot of criticisms that spread around a lot of agencies. But, but there are good people that work for those agencies, I'm sure. Just like the FBI is under a lot of scrutiny right now. There's, I know there's good people that work for that organization. So, but, uh, no, I, I think they have way too much power, too much clout. And they do a lot of things that uh, are outside of their scope. And um, uh, they need EPA is another example. So, Let me go to uh, Dale. Uh, Dale, tell me one thing that they do that helps make us safer. It's a stretch, but... Oh, the it, silence was killing me it, there exactly, for a minute. Yeah, and, you know, I suppose if they're doing work to keep guns out of the hands of violent criminals then that might be that might fit under that column and if you recall it's been you know months since we talked about this but uh you know the gao did a study of the nicks background checks and how many times it's been violated uh, in terms of you know convicted criminals applying to get a gun and showed, I think there were, you know, 120 or 130,000 violations the year that GAO looked at it. And the DOJ prosecuted 12 cases that year. So I guess, you know, the entirety of the ATF and DOJ combined one year, they, you know, they tried to shut down 12 criminals. So there's a bang for your buck. That's kind of like saying, my, you can spit far for a pervert. I mean, it's not really <laughs> yeah, yeah. not really a great compliment. They didn't accomplish much. Uh, no, I would not be giving them a raise. I'm going to pass on Garson because uh, I don't want his opinion. He, uh, he retails guns. And he's he was just getting ready to support them. No. Are you really? Go for it, Garson. Dale's putting words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we want to go there. All right. Uh, let's move on to city of Cleveland. Uh, they had a, a quote-unquote mass shooting. Uh, this was uh, in downtown Cleveland, and it's kind of like the hot spot area of the city, if, they're, if Cleveland could have one. Uh, and I say that as a native Clevelander. Um, and several people were shot. Nobody was killed. Uh, several of those people who were shot were so marginally injured, they, they, they left the hospital that day. Uh, but just hours after the shooting, uh, it was nine people that were injured. Uh, the mayor, Justin Bibb, said the reason and the, 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 the cause of this violence was because in the state of Ohio, you can now permitless carry. So for people uh, to understand, uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, the state of Ohio said, if you are a resident of the state of Ohio and otherwise not legally allowed to carry a gun, uh, and otherwise legally allowed to carry a gun, you can do it without a permit. That means that if I go to Ohio without a permit, I can't carry. If I'm a resident of the state of Ohio, I can't. But again, it says you have to be legally allowed. There's no felony in your background, no drug use. Uh, you're not Hunter Biden. Uh, 
you can carry. And Bib, the mayor of Cleveland, said that's the reason that uh, that this crime was able to happen. But there's a little problem. The shooter uh, has a criminal record that dates back to at least 2018. He was arrested twice before just this year. Lots of criminal convictions in Lorain County, which is just a little bit uh, to the uh, west uh, of Cleveland, including several instances of drug trafficking and drug possessions. So Dale, he couldn't legally carry a gun no matter what. I don't know how you tie this to the Ohio law that allows permitless carry. Exactly. I mean, he, he doesn't qualify under permitless carry, so that's not the issue. That's not the cause, not part of the cause of the problem of which the mayor complains. But I don't think it's necessary for the mayor to let facts get in the way, apparently. <laughs> well, but, he did offer that opinion very, very early after the shooting, so maybe they didn't have time to get that information. Well, then, then before he opened his mouth... Uh, yeah. Uh, he should have been aware of his facts. He's the mayor of the city. He has a lot of clout. Oh, no, that fact, I mean, that, why wait for facts? <laughs> when, you can, when you can shoot from the lip. Yeah, what's the old saying? Don't, don't confuse me with facts. My mind is already made up. Yeah, uh, but they do this all the time, uh, make assertions about uh, concealed carry, uh, whether it's permitless or with a permit. But I think we ought to talk about some of the differences for instance, in the state of Missouri, be, between someone who has a permit and someone who doesn't. Uh, Dale's probably the uh, the one to go to on this, although any of us, I guess, could. But uh, for the sake of uh, folks who uh, want to carry without getting the government's permission for something the Constitution allows them to do anyway, um, what can I, as a non-permit holder in the state of Missouri, not do that a permit holder can? So there's a part of the statute on weapons, it's 571.107, and it lists 17 places where it says you're not authorized to carry. It doesn't say you're forbidden, it just says you're not automatically authorized to carry. And section two of that goes on to say, but if you have a permit, then carrying in those 17 places shall not be a crime under Missouri law. So if I have a permit, I can go in those 17 places except for, well, I can go in those 17 places and me being there with a firearm is not a crime under Missouri law. They can ask me to leave and if, they, if I don't, I can get tagged for trespassing. If you're operating under permitless carry, you don't have that protection. So if you go in those places with permitless carry, they can charge you with a weapons offense. All right, well, let's find out what those uh, what those places are next on Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Garson is with us from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Well worth the ride to Mexico, Missouri. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, then we have a former state representative and Second Amendment supporter, and that would be, uh, I was going to say Dale Roberts, but, well, he he's just not a second. He's just not a former state representative. Chuck Basie with us. Good morning. Good morning. And then, of course, Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com. We're talking about the difference in uh, in the state of Missouri where this uh, program is uh, airing uh, between permitless carry and permit carry. Where, what are the places that, uh, in other, can I go into a shopping mall without a, uh, a for instance, our shopping mall here, 
uh, it says that it's a you know you you can't carry a gun. If I carry a gun and I got a permit, they can ask me to leave and I can do it. No crime, no harm, no foul. If I don't have a permit and I'm in there, am I in more trouble? Yes. Uh, yes. Because you're not covered by the protection. It's in five seventy one one zero seven, and then it pops over to. 571.030, which is the statute section on unlawful use of a weapon. Um, and that contains provisions about, you know, going into places where you shouldn't and have, un, you know, uh, under 571.107 and ha brings with it some criminal penalties. So if you're operating under permitless carry, you need to know, you know, you really, a lot of people doing that think I don't need to do a class because I'm not going to get a permit which is I think faulty reasoning you still need to know the law no matter how you carry you do need to do a class um, so that's a lengthy answer sorry it's a lawyer answer well first uh, let me just uh, second that take the class you don't know what you don't know uh, even if you don't get the permit but it's kind of a distinction without a difference isn't it Chuck I mean you're legally N not um, unable to carry a gun. Uh, it's not against the law. You can walk into all these other places. But, you know, why this? What What the hell is the point of saying you can't go into that place uh, without a permit uh, and, and, and face prosecution, but with a permit, you get to walk out? What's the difference? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's good question. I... I can't stress enough to, to take the training because, uh, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And it is good training. It's very uh, valuable. I've had it uh, several times and would take it again. And uh, But it's it's uh, why why open carry when you can conceal carry? And, you know, you open carry and you just open yourself up to, you know, you're advertising that you have a gun on you and you're, you're just opening yourself up to a lot of bad situations, you know. But... Um, I'm surprised that on these list of 17 that uh, that the cat emporium's not on there. Oh, here <laughs> we go cats again. Us. Oh, one of those here we go again. They're making fun of my wife's cat. Never going to die. Yeah, leave Gwen alone. Yeah, I'm going to put him in that old microwave that I bounced <laughs> off my chest and throw it away. Uh, and, and Gary, I'll, you know, on that same question, I'm not so sure that it isn't simply a matter of you know, the, the concealed carry statute was written in 2003. They, you know, have, a, have provisions in there from long before permitless carry was passed. And when they, when they, you know, authorized permitless carry, they didn't go back and include it under other sections. And it's the same thing. Uh, some years ago, the legislature authorized extended permits, a 10-year permit, a 20-year permit, lifetime permit. And they failed to include those under the exception so that technically if you have an extended permit and you go into one of those places, you're in the same trouble you would be in if you didn't have any permit at all. And it's something that Chuck and I have been trying to get corrected. And it's not recognized in other uh, uh, states. Right. right. The extended permit is not recognized in other states? A lot of other states don't. That's correct. And I I think it's a stretch. I think their logic is, so if Dale has a five-year permit, at least every five years, they're doing a background check on him. If he has, you know, a 20-year permit or lifetime permit, we're not so sure he couldn't have done something that we don't like and Missouri hasn't caught it yet. 
I think that's their reasoning. Well, and it, it was because it, it isn't the exact same permit as the, as our as our five year permit. So because of those differences, our attorney general has to petition the attorney general of the other states to accept those permits as they are. And I guess that hasn't been done. Yeah, I'm not and, familiar with and, the process. That if I remember right, that's what it took to get our permit approved. Our five year permit approved in other states was that. Our attorney general had to petition the other state to recognize our concealed carry permit, and and the same with the other states that we recognize permits from. Their states petitioned our attorney general uh, to recognize it. It's insane. I mean, all these rules are arbitrary and capricious. They don't they don't make a difference uh, in terms of safety. I'm uh, just glad we're not in California. Well, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> nice weather, but that's about all you can say for it. Uh, I don't know. I I I think that uh, somebody does need to go in there. Uh, is there anybody uh, that uh, Chuck that uh, is looking at fixing that in the next session? Do you know? I believe so. Um, I I know that I'm gonna uh, hopefully work with Dale on getting some things done. I think it might be a good uh, year to do it because of the upcoming elections and so many of uh, my former colleagues are running for another office. I think it would be uh, a crowded primary. It might be a good thing to campaign on, especially out in the rural areas, to fix some of these problems with our our existing laws. Uh, you know, you guys, what you should do because it's a hot uh, you know it's a hot summer uh, is go someplace and get some ice cream and uh, relax and and uh, and talk about it. Where could you go? Where could you go? Ice cream? Yeah. Oh, Biden uh, likes that booty juice ice cream. <laughs> yeah, there is a uh, ice cream social coming up uh, this this coming Tuesday, July eighteenth. It's the uh, Boone County GOP ice cream social. It's going to be at the uh, Columbia American Legion Post on Legion Drive. That's right off uh, uh, East Broadway, east of sixty three, and it starts at uh, six p.m. And uh, there should be a lot of. Uh, uh, politicians there uh, that are going to be campaigning. I know Jay Ashcroft, Sec Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, is uh, going to be there, among several others, and uh, it'll be a very, very good, fun event. Uh, also going to have some pulled pork sandwiches available. Uh, $25 for individuals, 40 for couples, and $50 for families is the suggested uh, donation price. So uh, come on out Tuesday night. So if I were to get the family package, does that mean I get all the ice cream that a family would? Try that. I I think it's uh, <laughs> unlimited ice cream. Is oh, the, the plan. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that I brought that up? I mean, what a segue! Holy Toledo! <laughs> well played. This guy. <laughs> oh Lord! And, anything to get us off cats, right? Yeah, please. Uh, that uh, that would be uh, that would be. I, I, God, I hate that cat. All right, let me move. On. Let, me, let me move. <laughs> let me move on. Uh, let me uh, go back to Dale. Are there some other places? There are seven or eight that you can't carry uh, well, if you don't have a permit, but can if you do. So, five seventy one one zero seven lists seventeen places. It's police, you know, law enforcement stations, polling place, uh, adult or juvenile detention or jail, courthouse, uh, you know, city council chambers, Supreme Court. Uh, bars, airports, uh, schools, ch child care facilities, gaming facilities, amusement parks, churches, any place that posts a sign like the shopping center, the mall, 
uh, sports arena that seats 5,000 or more and hospitals. And, of course, even if you have a permit and Missouri says you can go all these places because you have a permit and it's not a crime under Missouri law, it could still be a crime under federal law, which means you cannot go in the post office or, you know, federal building, the VA hospital. Um, but anyway, those are those are the places that, uh, you know, are off limits if you don't have a five-year permit. There are people who listen to this program from all over the, uh, the country. Uh, they listen on the Internet. I get messages from them all the time. By the way, if you want to send me a message, you can go to uh, GaryNolan.com, send a message. It will pop up in studio. Uh, but it would be so much better for the government to recognize the Second Amendment as it's written so that we didn't have all of these stupid different rules in different states. Yeah, the patchwork thing is not... Is not helpful for anybody. It's not, and it's uh, it's frustrating. Um, I, I wish they would clear it up. Uh, we got another case, not unlike the Cleveland case, uh, where a suspect in a shooting and a carjacking spree had been a felon in possession, but the charges were dropped by the DOJ. What's going on? That's next. And Gary on guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Garson is in from Brass. We've got show and tell coming up. Uh, we've also got uh, Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com, and uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative, Second Amendment supporter. This story happened uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. and in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, and apparently a 22-year-old guy who was on probation for a knife point robbery at a D.C. metro station is accused of carjacking and a shooting spree in Prince George's County, Maryland. And this guy's got a terrific criminal record, and, a, and this incident was horrific. Uh, he tried to carjack an Acura uh, in the uh, drive through lane of a McDonald's. Uh, when the driver tried to get away, he allegedly shot him multiple times. Uh, he managed to drive a short distance before he was pronounced dead. He then carjacked uh, another car, a Toyota, also in the uh, drive through that had three dogs inside. Police said he killed two of the dogs before driving away. Uh, officers uh, from several agencies followed him as he crossed into Washington, D.C., and uh, he got in, in an accident. He got out of his, uh, his, his carjacked car and carjacked a fourth victim, uh, this time stealing a GMC terrain. He got into another crash. You'd you think a guy who was this bad a driver would quit stealing cars. <laughs> When officers approached him at the crash scene, uh, an officer with the Capitol Heights Police Department fired shots, but neither uh, the officer nor Ross was injured. So they go on to check this guy's background, and he's, you know, he's quite the uh, serial uh, criminal. Uh, multiple charges for allegedly carrying a handgun despite his felony conviction. And they didn't, they, did, they just sort of ignored it all. Um... And they let him go, um, not for this incident, but for the previous incidents. And why wouldn't they have pressed charges when they found out, you know, that he was carrying a gun and he was uh, a felon? Um, the the uh, prosecutor uh, is suggesting that the reason they didn't go after him had to do with the Bruin decision. The U.S. Attorney's Office didn't drop the charges because of the Bruin decision, really. 
but that's what they're blaming it on. He's charged with being a felon in possession, carrying a pistol without a license, possession of an unregistered firearm, possession of unregistered ammunition, altering identification marks on the weapon. I mean, the list goes on and on. They, they should have locked him up then. Why are they not prosecuting these people? What is the? Are they trying to vilify the Bruin decision and blame it? That, that certainly looks opportunistic. I mean, it, it looks like they, if that's not what was on their mind, it's certainly what they're saying now. Um, and it's, you know, it comes back to the same thing that, that we were talking about before the break, where there have been thousands of NICS violations, and the DOJ only prosecuted 12 people. It's, it's you know what people say all the time about enforce the laws we have before you enact more laws uh, this guy Ross obviously wasn't going to obey the law Didn't doesn't mean anything to him so uh, you know uh, and I, I mean it's what we were talking about during the break the guy that the uh, Columbia Police Department uh, was looking for and who was arrested in St. Louis yesterday or the day before you bring him up on CaseNet, he had eight or nine prior uh, criminal cases against him, and he's out running around loose. What's going on? Yeah, what is going on? And I'm not sure if it's an attempt to paint the Bruin decision as responsible for everything, uh, or if it's just a way to protect um, minorities who are involved in a disproportionate number of these shootings. Uh, and, but it's one of those two. Or both. And it's the same thing, you recall, after the Second Amendment Preservation Act was passed here in Missouri, every wrong thing that happened was blamed on SAPA or SAPA. And that's kind of quieted down. Now, every wrong thing that happens is, well, that's because of the Bruin case. You know, I'm sorry, I don't think that's the reason. Um, this uh, this argument about, uh, you know, gun control somehow uh, protecting uh average citizens and making them safer and democrats push this in particular and i and i find it frustrating uh that they're never particularly honest about it but the uh mayor of uh, st louis may have may have slipped up and told the truth do you guys hear about this the the uh, uh text messages that were uh, revealed no Mm-mm. no i haven't heard that uh democratic st louis mayor uh, Jones' support of gun control is coming into question after an open records request released thousands of her personal texts, including one that argued gun control crackdowns are ineffective. Quote, Chicago has strict gun laws as well, but that doesn't deter gun violence. Uh, Jones texted this in a group chat uh, to her dad uh, and her advisor. It's about investing in the people. Thousands of her texts uh, from her personal cell phone were publicly released. Um, and the, uh, the result here is an admission that gun crackdowns and gun control aren't working. Why don't they admit this in public? So she's not stupid. She's just an evil liar. Well, I would think so. Yeah. That's what uh, it sounds like to me. The... the uh, the admission that it doesn't work, Chicago's prima facie evidence, I said prima facie because we've got an attorney in the crowd, <laughs> uh, seems to me 
to display a hypocrisy that endangers St. Louis residents and, and frankly, uh, people all over the country. Because I think other Democrats know this, too. So I'm going to ask Chuck Basie, who was in the state uh, uh, legislature for years, did any Democrats ever privately admit to you that they're, you know, they're, that gun control doesn't work, or they intimate that at all? Um, not specifically gun control, or uh, but I I know that um, some some of them um, are Second Amendment supporters. They just can't uh, openly uh, support our efforts because uh, they will be attacked by their own party. Not only on that, but many other issues. So um, we, we had a couple of bills moving the last several years uh, that some Democrats supported uh, the mass transit, uh, carrying on mass transit. Uh, s several of the uh, Democrats voted in favor of that. So uh, they're not all, um, you know, uh, anti-Second Amendment, but... But, boy, if you get into a, a, a good gun bill, uh, you're not going to get much of their support, if, if at all, because they will be primaried by their own party, and they'll take them out. So they just got to toe the line to keep their power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's such a shame. You know, go back to Harold Volkmer, our right. U.S. congressman in the 80s, and maybe earlier. I don't remember much before then, but, you know, Harold <laughs> Volkmer was a solid Democrat, and one of the first people I knew who came out and advocated for concealed carry in the state of Missouri. Yeah. The first legal seminar I ever went to on concealed carry was hosted by Democrat U.S. Congressman Harold Volkmer. And, you know, what happened to that party? Yeah. Well, uh, Congressman Ike Skelton was a Second Amendment supporter. Um, so I, I don't know, uh, Gary, it's it's pretty sad. You know, that, that well... Got to go to break, I guess. Uh, it just it seems like uh, for the sake of politics and getting elected, they're willing to endanger Americans all over the country. We're up against the clock when we come back. Show and tell. And uh, also, uh, the guy that I would go to for tactical help and information and advice. You guys may disagree. We'll explain that next. I'm Gary Ungell.